0: What is up team, welcome back to the show. Today I am joined by Adam McDonald. We half <laughs> righted in this conversation so I wanted to give you a brief intro. Adam is a natural bodybuilder. He was actually natural Mr. Ireland in 2019. He is an online coach um, and someone I've followed for quite a, uh, about a month now actually, so not too long. But puts out amazing evidence-based content. He has a great show, the Health Mastery Show. Um, and Adam is someone that brings a lot of knowledge to the evidence-based side of training and nutrition. I know I really enjoyed this conversation, and you will as well. Let's hop right into it.
1: Anyway, so, um, it's not it's not too bad. How about you?
0: Uh, I would say the same, honestly, man. Like for our gyms. So I'm in Arizona. Um, we were nice weather yeah so it's beautiful here but uh we were locked down for a bit i was kind of in the same thing where is your i know you have like a little you have a training kit is that in the same room that you're working in right now
1: no that's actually in the room where my girlfriend's working yeah uh, <laughs> so yeah i just had to keep quiet i did a few sets of like bench press earlier and um, no because i live in an apartment in the city center which is great when there's no lockdown because everything's open and you can walk everywhere, but now it's, it's just useless um, because it's a small-ish apartment. So, yeah, it's in the, it's in the living room. And I've already smashed the, uh, I don't know if you call them skirting boards, but like the, the little wooden panels you keep uh, between the floor and the wall because my rack is like skinnier than a normal rack, so if you take off the weight on one side, it flips it. So it flip <laughs> the whole bar and just completely smash the, the, the thing, the bits, and also the, the barbell went through the plaster in the roof Uh, I don't own the apartment but uh (laughs) yeah I just have to fix that up before I leave I know that's
0: uh the apartment I was in before this one that's when I so I have a garage now where I put all my gym equipment and that's that's been very nice but I know before it was I basically had a big living room slash kitchen slash office and they're all the same so that I think that I straight up I think that work all my work is from my laptop as well so regardless of what's going on i don't leave much but i think that was probably so to say like that's the hardest part of all this for me is yeah really, it's been so much harder for so many other people i know for me just like going from okay so i'm gonna hop up i'm gonna walk five steps over here and then i'm gonna start training that was a little bit more of a challenge but um i would say all in all i feel like it hasn't been too massive of an impact just because again like all the gym equipment is right there um so yeah but Good. i I know I was listening to one of your podcasts and you talked about well, during one year perhaps you made a goal to travel to a different country every month, correct?
1: Yeah, that was twenty sixteen. Yeah. I think I probably do more than one one a month, but yeah, that was that was enjoyable.
0: How how was that? What was it like trying to manage that? Uh
1: well it was fun. Um I was I was a bit younger. Well obviously everyone I was younger in the past like everybody else. Um but it was uh it wasn't probably the best for the prep like in terms of bringing my best in because I was pretty much eating out a lot. Um and especially when I went to some countries like Morocco uh, where it's like it's impossible to find the gym. Uh I, I kind of snuck into a, like a fancy hotel and they had this like <laughs> very very basic gym that I just they don't really speak much English there. They speak French and Arabic. Um, so they didn't really kind of ask me any questions. I just walked in and I found a gym. Uh, I think I went there twice, but it was like, it had like 40 kilos, which is like 90 pounds of, of plates or something like that, max. Um, and they eat a lot of, like, I don't know if you've ever seen, like, you know, North African food, but it's like tangine and it's like lentils and different sauces and kind of really fatty fatty meats like lamb and things so it's not ideal for Fred and it's really hard to get protein sources um so I I brought, I brought protein sources with me like whey basically but um that wasn't ideal and then also like along the way a few times I would like travel with friends I didn't just go alone and you know we would want to go out and like party and you know get the nightclubs and things like that so like I drank a little bit of alcohol here and there as well, so and I obviously didn't sleep that much on those nights. But uh, yeah, it was it was good. I wouldn't advise it for somebody who's trying to be their absolute best, but it was like a challenge that I wanted to do to to basically show that you don't have to be like this kind of animal pack ad bodybuilder where you just sit and eat your chicken and rice and stuff like that. So uh, it was it was good because I travel a lot of places and I still got to step on stage at the uh, basically at the end of that. Kind of journey um you know i think my last stop was like iceland with before that it was in toronto where i competed and it was really fun because you know it was like the end of my almost a year of like just doing trips and things like that and uh, and i went, met some friends there from new york and uh and then we, we yeah enjoyed myself there so that was it was good
0: i'm sure too that was a very cool experience too are your clients mostly bodybuilding prepper you work with quite a fusion pop as well um i wouldn't
1: say mostly no i would say they like bodybuilding but most of my clients probably won't compete i would say um but they are like people who like to train and kind of diet almost like a bodybuilder would like they will go through bulking cutting phases and but they uh, you know probably the largest proportion of them won't step on stage um yeah they just don't have desire it's a bit strange i mean getting on stage is it's not the most normal thing you can like lifting without wanting to kind of spray yourself up with tan and wear like a tongue you know
0: <laughs> no absolutely And that's i would say that's most of our clients as well like i'd coin it gym pop bodybuilder but i'm sure that that yeah. experience for you was kind of gave you a cool like just from living through that for so long to be able to like yo to your clients like you can balance these two things without it being, of course, it's not ideal, but you can still live your life and get in amazing shape.
1: Yeah, yeah that's true. I mean, uh, like for, even for me, like I still, like it's obviously sacrifices that you have to, you can't just have pizza and, and beer every single day if you want to be in shape. Um, but I still, not at the moment or not in the last year, probably much because of the lockdown, but I still would have liked, liked to go out and like drink alcohol Um, I've always liked doing that, like pretty much at the same time I started lifting weights. I started drinking alcohol, which is like 16 or something like that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily going to be beneficial for your bodybuilding goals, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, what's an extra, five pounds of muscle like if i never drank what i gained even if i meant i gained five pounds more muscle which i doubt it but um you know is that gonna really change my life significantly whereas right. you know there's a lot of it's a lot of fun uh going out and enjoying yourself and 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 not being so stressed about it i think i was definitely somebody who did stress more about those kind of things when i was younger um i think it was around maybe 18 17 where i actually started like like looking in looking up to bodybuilders, so to speak, and or, or like thinking about wanting to p- compete at some stage. And there was periods where I would never drink. And I remember when I was like 18, I'd go to like parties at the weekends and I would, people would say, oh, you never drink. Even though I did like to drink alcohol, I would just abstain from it because I thought that it was like super bad. And uh, it was, you know, it's going to really affect my goals. Whereas when I look back, I probably think, you know, it's I, I probably should have enjoyed myself a little bit more. Um, and then, as I got a bit older, um, I kind of re, you kind of realize you pay your your you know, pay your dues basically, and I realized that you know results results come slow really no matter what. And I think a large part of that mindset shift was also working with Jeff Alberts, if you if you know who he is. Um, yeah, I started working with Jeff when I was twenty, maybe twenty two, I think. Um, I Can't remember exactly, yeah, but twenty two. So. Is six or seven years ago. Um, that was after my first prep, and I'm not sure why I started working with him. Actually, I think I just applied and I wanted to work with Eric Helms or, or Alberto Nunez, and I I just got paired with Jeff, and he really kind of helped me slow down and be a bit more patient and basically kind of grow up a little bit and mature and be a bit more patient. Um, and you know that really helped me a lot then as I kind of got older and, and yeah, I say the same things with my clients. When I get a new client, like especially, especially someone who wants to like, you know, really, they seem really motivated when I first chat with them or they're like, they really want to kind of push it or kill it. Or you could start using all these superlatives. I, I get a bit concerned that this person's not going to be around for long. And it's often almost the case that they kind of, you know, they're really motivated at one point and then they're, they're gone the next minute. So I think it's, taking a more relaxed approach is does a lot of people a lot of favors in terms of longevity and making progress is a natural it takes a lot of time so it's 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 almost like survivorship bias only the the patient and the more laid-back people survive whereas the people who are trying to tick every single box and be absolutely perfect they realize in the long term it's not worth it and you know yeah maybe you're a bit more muscular than other people or or maybe you're not even that much more muscular because you don't have good genetics but yet you sacrifice so much of normal life quote-unquote like most of my friends don't like bodybuilding actually pretty much none of them except for the friends that i've made through bodybuilding uh, which isn't that many um so yeah i think yeah i think it's just really important to just you know not not take things so serious and I may have spoke with on the on a podcast as well with somebody I can't remember who who it was. Maybe it was Eric Helms. But those who are like at the top and who've, who've been around a long time do really take a cool, chill, out approach, and they're not that serious, so to speak. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like they they're getting smashed, drunk all the time, but like they they don't stress over the small things because really the small things don't really make that much difference. But they can take up a lot of they, they can cause you a lot of stress if you if you really kind of focus too much on them
0: i would ask you man um from following your content i and this is the first time i talk to you but i think that we're some we might be similar in the regard that we like to kind of nerd out over what most could consider militia. And that's probably mm. what we put out on our content a lot have you had trouble kind of balancing now i also don't want to put words in your mouth so please correct me yeah, if yeah. not accurate um would you say that's true uh, is balancing the both, or what? What do you mean? So, like from your perspective, like it seems like you kind of enjoy diving a little bit deeper into the weeds, so to speak. When it yeah. comes to like, hey, we're going to talk about more than just hitting your overall calories and protein and making sure that you're training like squat, hinge, push, pull, right? Hmm. So, from your perspective, has it been hard to kind of balance? Okay, I'm talking about these more nuanced things in nutrition and training, well also like with your clients these details are, can be important. They can't matter, but like, has it been hard for you to help your clients find the balance between the two? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, no, it does. Um, yeah, no, I think most of the stuff, like I said to you before we start recording, like I'm doing a math, I, I did a master's like 2019. I started in, in food, diet, and health. Mm-hmm. And then I switched in 2020 to uh, ec- yes, specific applied sports nutrition in, in London. But it's most of the stuff that I do is like complete overkill um like i like I, I was writing a paper like last month or the or before christmas on like you know pre and intra workout pre intra and post optimization strategies for carbohydrate intake for prep athletes like it's really gonna make it's really splitting hairs like it's really gonna make like very little difference if you if you focus on all this minutiae stuff it, it it may not even make much of a difference at all. Like, especially if you're a competitor, you step on stage, it's just a guy who's just genetically way better than you and and just going to wipe the floor with you anyway. And um, so, yeah, most of these things with my clients, I don't really, I make sure that they're focusing on the, the big stuff first. And, and if they are really like nailing the big stuff consistently, then we might look at some of the other smaller things, but I always mention like, you know, this is like may not have much of an effect, but we can try it out for a while. But, it's, you know, it's like the 80, the Pratos principle, the eighty twenty rule, like they could, you could be creating a lot more work and stress for themselves and may not get any significant results. So I think like, like if, if someone wanted to be a coach or something like I, I wouldn't necessarily advise that they go and do an, a master's degree in nutrition because it's not going to be that useful. Right. Uh, I mean, of course it's going to be useful, but I mean, it's just way overkill um, compared to like, I don't know, you could get a lot more foundational knowledge in other areas, um, if that makes sense. So like uh, like I'm I'm also doing something called precision nutrition uh level too. Um and that's much better for like coaching because I think that's what a lot of people miss is that like there's a difference between like being very smart or knowing a lot about nutrition and training and then being able to coach. Um yeah. I remember I was at like a sales training in Madrid in Spain like maybe three or four years ago and the guy was just uh, some guys from uh, from chicago i think and uh he literally just sell anything like uh, like it's like that guy could just sell you know he could send send sell sand to people who live in the sahara desert um but i think that's the same with like a good salesperson same as like a good coach i think like if there's a good coach for like soccer or football or basketball i think they'd be a good coach in pretty much any avenue there's obviously like small things that you change but i think yeah, I think coaching and the knowledge is completely different. And I noticed even with like clients that I, that are going to compete or do compete with me, a lot of it's just making sure that they consistently can stick to the thing that we're trying to do rather than saying like, let's try this, you know, thing to change like this very specific thing. Cause, cause like, I don't have clients, like even like clients that I've coached that are professional client, like uh, competitors, they still work. They don't get paid. Uh, to be professional like men's physique pro whatever um they still work as a normal jobs they're still normal human beings so even then they have to you know manage and balance things out and and not stress over the small things because uh you know you can implode and it's happened to me in the past when I used to stress over a lot of things I would like end up binging on you know when I was younger binge on foods that I was trying to restrict for a long time um or or else feeling like I just wanted to kind of give up um, you know, and not compete anymore, or something like that.
0: Okay. Okay. So, you've alluded a couple of times to Jeff Alberts really kind of guiding you through this to, yo, slow down a little bit, be more patient. Do you remember like any specific things as far as like uh, points you touched on or like revelations you had in your conversations with, J- with Jeff that were like, oh, like that makes sense. Like that is a good reason why I should like slow down and be a bit more patient with this. Does that question make sense?
1: Yeah, it's hard to remember exactly, but I think it's just, like, more so just him constantly repeating it, Um, but it was, like, I knew that he had experience, because he was, like, a professional bodybuilder. It's kind of what goal that I had or have. Um, He obviously looked the part. He's been a coach for a while, but I think going back, I always wanted to be, like, I always wanted to be either cutting or bulking or making progress, Um, and, like it would almost be the, like that I wouldn't be making progress fast enough and I'd get really stressed and then I would like kind of binge or something like that because I would stress eat and then I would like send myself in the opposite direction of what I wanted to go. And he kind of explained maybe a little bit more about like how you can still build muscle when you're not not necessarily in a in a – like, you're not necessarily have to be gaining a ton of weight or losing a ton of weight. You can still kind of build muscle when you're maintaining almost like a kind of a recomp. Um, which was true to like, to an extent, especially when I was younger, you know, in my early twenties, you know, train hard, uh, give yourself a, a good stimulus and eat, eat well, sleep well. Um, and I did, you know, make some good progress. Um, and he just taught me more about like, not necessarily focusing on the goal, uh, like the, just focusing on competing and doing well. Cause I think when I was younger, um, when I competed that year I traveled. that I competed in a WBFF, which is like a fitness model thing. Cause I wanted to, it's almost like I wanted to compete to kind of get social status or, or kind of get Insta fame or, or something that would come along with doing that. And you know, there's, there's a lot of research or well, it's not a lot, but there is research to show there's like higher prevalence of like eating disorders and self-worth issues with like men's physique competitors. And, it's hard to know the chicken or the egg. Do the people get into that um, or does that result in it? But I think people who kind of have maybe self worth issues or kind of, you know, you know, rely too much on external gratification, get into kind of let's say mentally because it's more trendy or more mainstream and, and, and focusing on that really, I realized afterwards that like, there was a it was a bad idea um, or it's like, at least it doesn't bring you what I wanted. So and um, I think when I got into bodybuilding, it's not as, it's not as mainstream or it's not as like, like people like it, even like main not mainstream, but like people who don't like bodybuilding or fitness, they'll they look at a, a, a men's fitness model and say, oh, he looks good. But like, they look at a guy in bodybuilding trunks and like shredded glutes and just say, that's really weird. So right. you don't really do it as much for the external gratification, if that makes sense. So you're like, you're not doing it to kind of prove to, to, to prove yourself for other people. Whereas you're doing it more so for yourself. So um just rambled on and gone way off topic. <laughs> but uh go ahead. but yeah, he, he he really taught me to just kind of enjoy the process and 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 I think I focused like I used to kind of get a lot of my enjoyment or happiness and kind of goals. I'm driven by like having goals and stuff like that out of bodybuilding, and I try to focus or I suppose disperse my goals a bit more as I got older and he kind of helped me do that a little bit and not having bodybuilding as like the main thing in your life uh, right. as like what that's going to give you all the happiness. And because that can be taken away quite quickly by an injury or something, or else you might not like, you may not do very well. Like you may not gain much muscle because genetics or, or whatever. And, and, I, and that's why it frustrated me. Cause that was like the, 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 like I'm goal orientated. So I like to see progress, whereas progress is so slow, when you're natural um and you're just you can see just basically see fat gain in the mirror um, it's it's a bit disheartening so now i don't really like yeah bodybuilding is still obviously main goal of mine but i have other goals that are like just as important if not more that i focus on as well um and it kind of yeah jeff helped me with the kind of stepping away and not making it as as much of a priority if that makes sense, while still keeping it important and still focusing on what you can control, not making it everything in your life.
0: No, absolutely. That's, uh, that's perfect, man, because I think that speaks to so many people with one, just in, you have to embrace the fact that it's a very slow process, especially if you want to continually improve your physique. And I very much like we touched on as well, about having other goals outside of just getting more jacked. But I think too, that's like, and this is actually a beautiful transition that you made because I wanted to ask you about like being okay with being fluffier during the off season and things in the future as well but I think too that's one of the biggest like I I know so many clients were constantly like okay I've been focusing on gaining for eight weeks and I want to cut again because I don't like how it look anymore and I think like very similar to what you're saying there that's like slow down this just takes time but I think that like the so many people get stuck in a rut of like Maybe I'm going to build for four or eight weeks. Oh, I don't like how I feel anymore. Okay, I'm going to cut. I'm going to cut. And I think that just draws people back to fat loss, always trying to get leaner, always trying to get leaner. But long-term, it really kind of sabotages people. Um, just that mindset, though, of, like, not being okay with progress being very, very slow.
1: Yeah, I, I think it depends on it depends on the goal of the person because, like, if I'm working with somebody who's, like, you know, approaching 30 or something and they don't have any desires really to compete ever as a bodybuilder um, and they just want to be you know build some muscle for them you know maybe you don't have to go through phases where they're getting so you know as much you know getting, getting quite fluffy or you know we, we might be leaving some gains on the table like a small percentage of gains but also we're not gaining as much body fat whereas if somebody's going to be a competitor um, and that's their goal it's important to remember that their goal is to be better as a, as a bodybuilder and not to, to, you know, miss the forest with the trees and focus on stuff, you know, you know, the holiday next month or something. And as Don John said, uh, he's a famous strength and conditioning coach from California. He said, uh, keep the goal the goal. So, you know, um, if your goal is to, to be a better bodybuilder, then make sure you keep it uh, as that. And I think, you know, I mirror what you said, especially well, I actually only work with guys, but I haven't worked with, with women in a while. It's probably since I trained in person, but um, especially the younger guys, it's uh, getting fluffy is definitely difficult. And often, what happens is, and I've been through this loads of times, is you'll cut for ages, and then you're you know happy the holiday or whatever, the photo shoots over, you'll gain a ton of fat, and then you'll you'll gain ten, fifteen, twenty pounds pretty fast because you let the the reins off for a bit, and then uh you maybe became for a little bit longer and then you realize actually i look really shit and uh, i feel pretty crappy about myself so i need to cut again and you haven't even given yourself time to recover from that last diet and you have pretty much gained only fat and you still haven't even regained any of the last muscle and now you're cutting again um so i think yeah focusing on things that are you know again one like understand what your goal is if your goal is just to gain a little bit of muscle but you also want to be a better uh, runner because some some people that i work with are not they like other activities they play sports or whatever you know that's important but we got to set expectations that you're not going to be the absolute best you can be in terms of muscularity if we're trying to hold this leanness back so make sure they're okay with that and then others it's you know making sure that you know we understand that their goal is this is their goal ultimately the client decides what their goal is if they want to cut for summer that's they want to cut for summer but i you know we lay out the expectations explain why it may not be the best idea if their goal if their long-term goal is to build more muscle um and then what i really do is get them focusing on other factors that are not just how they look but you know hypertrophy or muscle building there's several factors that can give you indication that you're growing and. Um, what I do still get people to, you know, weigh themselves and take photos, you know, your sleep, your mood, your libido, your energy, your gym performance, and all of these things are improving when you're in a surplus and when you're gaining. And these, these are good indicators that you're building some muscle as well. Um, so like just trying to focus too much on how you look in the mirror day to day, because, you know, unless you're a fitness model, and, and I often refer back to like, uh, fitness models that follow on youtube that at least some of the natural ones they don 't really make much progress long term in in the gym and i, I there 's a famous uh, youtuber i don 't really want to say his name, but uh, um he I used to be in the same gym as him like back when I was like nineteen or whatever, and he was like shorter than me but but bigger and we 're around the same age um I think we are, we are the same age, and like he 's stayed lean a lot, and obviously he 's made like good good progress in his business and whatever but like he's not, he used to be way bigger than me but now I'm like I'm much bigger than him and I've yeah. gone through cycles of uh cutting and bulking and I mean we have different goals so like is it, he's good he has good genetics he could have been a lot bigger if he went through these various bulks and cut cycles to spend some time fluffy. but maybe that's not his goal so it's just I, I relay that to the to clients you know like what you what's your goal and you know here's what I think is going to be best for you but ultimately you decide what that is and and you know it's it's definitely hard and obviously with instagram and stuff i i try to recommend not following people who are just shredded all the time it's it doesn't help uh you know with your insecurities even people who know you know and that it's not the best the best thing to do like even if i was following shredded people all the time it wouldn't be the best for for me in terms of when i go to the beach and you never get rid of these like insecurities like i said i was in brazil last week um and i'm i'm not the leanest i've ever been and uh, i still felt like insecure even though it was like i was probably at least leaner than the average person on the beach i still felt insecure more so because i was extremely pale but that's another story
0: (laughs) i I, I love that man super relatable um i think too like uh, quite a few coaches listen so i know this will be valuable also you kind of talked about social media too and uh, this is actually another thing that I wanted to ask you about because I think I don't know if this is something you do intentionally or not but you do a good job of putting yourself out there too like as okay right now I'm this is where my physique is at I am a good amount fluffier um I think it is pretty easy to I know one of the biggest things that I struggled with for a long time was not being shredded so I like Looked apart on Instagram because business is entirely online. Like, I I know for me, that was like one of the biggest insecurities that I and I'm still like straight up trying to move through. Um, has that is that a challenge for you at all, or do you feel like you have a pretty good handle on that now? Well, I mean, it is definitely easier to post like
1: photos when you're shredded and you get like you know five times the amount of likes and interactions <laughs> and things like that. And you know, I, I would like to. to look shredded all the time not be shredded um and it's definitely harder to post photos when you're like fluffier plus you you see less progress like when i prepped uh it's it's been over a year now but in in my last prep you would i would see like literally changes towards the end every week that Mm -hmm. would be significantly different now it's like there's no real changes that i'm making you can't really see especially with the home workouts as well like i'm not it's not the optimal for, for hypertrophy um and plus like you said before i'm not really super motivated to train so it's hard to push yourself like i can do train but it's hard to kind of push yourself those last little bit um and you kind of slack a little bit but i think yeah i never really posted before like off season updates cuz you know i I've, I've even heard other people say like to me like you know i'm i don't look like a bodybuilder uh not not necessarily be trying to be like rude or whatever but like you know you don't really look like a bodybuilder in the off season but i mean as a natural lifter, I think I, I'm pretty good representation of a decently high level uh, natural bodybuilder. Um, and that's kind of what you look like in the off season. And maybe I'm a little bit heavier than I, I need to be, but I enjoyed my food and uh, to an extent and ate a bit more and didn't stress too much about it. And plus I, I barely walked because <laughs> of this lockdown, I've, I've um, been pretty inactive. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's not easy, but it's also you know, it's, it's definitely is more relatable as well. And it's, it's, if I was shredded and I like, you see a lot with like, you know, uh, guys who are jacked, like great genetics, plus maybe some, some extra vitamin S they have, they're trying to like preach to the the clients that are, you know, 150 pounds of, you know, 20% body fat and they're like 220 pounds and they're 10% body fat and they're jacked. Um, it's, it's not really relatable, um, so even for like business, I'm not necessarily posting it for like business reasons, but like I can't expect my clients to, you know, get, you know, don't worry about getting a bit fat, a bit fatter if I'm, you know, doing the complete opposite, just trying to stay shredded all the time. Um. so, yeah, and I know that's what I need as well. This is what I need to do if I want to improve. Um, because for me as a bodybuilder, um, it, it's going to be harder to do better competitively. And that's my main goal is to do better competitively. Um, then I, it's going to be harder to do much better than I, I've already done, without you know adding on some some decent amount of size, and that means going to have to kind of be in a surplus, train, um, you know, train hard, and you know, my body weight's going to need to get up there a bit. So, yeah, I think, I think it's not, it's not, it's definitely easier. I definitely wouldn't have done that in the past, um, but I don't think it's. But I'm trying to use it as an informative um platform as well, and most people are going to have to get, you know, look a certain way that they're not too happy with looking with, you know, in general, in order to make the the maximum progress. So like, for me, it's not, I'm I'm someone that promotes natural bodybuilding and people who want to, you know, that 1% of people who lift, who want to maximize their gains. I'm not, I'm not preaching to people who want to just lift a little bit and look lean and, you know, um, just, you know, be generally healthy, I suppose. So I think, yeah, I hope that answers the question a bit.
0: Absolutely. And that that's the exact audience of the show as well. So that's perfect. Um, yeah, I think basically what you're saying again, keep the goal the goal. To be like for me to improve next time I'm on the stage or whatever it may be, like, even if you don't compete, for me to have an improved physique two years from now versus where I'm at now, it's probably going to take me, especially in like most people, that we work with I've been training for multiple years in a smart manner okay so I'm probably gonna have to already I'm gonna have to take some time to be a little bit fluffier I haven't followed you for a super long time I think I found you through one of Steve Hall's I think he shared something of yours like a month ago or something of that in nature but since then I've really been diving into your podcast and following you again I know like I think this is I talked to other coaches about this all the time but this is still always an ongoing thing in my head like man I just don't feel like I looked the part right now because I'm not shredded but then to me, it was crazy to hear that, um, you, so I really followed like every coach, I followed Eric Helms for a long time. So it was crazy to me to hear that you were actually, cause I remember seeing like him go through, like he did his bodybuilding prep just recently. He did like the shoot on the beach where I think it was Frank Zane, where he was like kind of, yeah. uh, dude, there's no way Eric doesn't like uh, win whatever. I think it was a show in California. Right. And to me, then it was crazy to like, oh, shit, this, and I remember like being shocked to hear that he didn't actually win at all. Uh, but then I was like, oh, shit, this is the dude that beat Eric Holmes, <laughs> like in, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, I was surprised as well, to be honest.
0: <laughs> so to I, to me, that's been cool too. Again, like straight up seeing like everything you post it has been cool to me to see like, okay, great. But like the point of that is, it's so helpful too to see like, from both perspectives, like here's someone who I know is a very high level bodybuilder who is pretty fluffy as well
1: yeah, i mean uh yeah to go to go back to your point of, about about eric um yeah i was I was when I heard that he was going to be competing, it was like it was like bittersweet because you know I'd been following Eric since you know maybe f- for a bit the last maybe five years or or maybe more- probably more because i I knew about him before um before I started with Jeff and I started with Jeff, um, in 2014. So that would have been seven years ago. So, so maybe eight years or maybe longer. Um, so it was great to compete, but also I'd been following his like photos and he was, you know, shredded and I was like, Oh crap, I've already lost. I'm taking the L, but, uh, but luckily I beat him. Um, I mean, so, I mean, and that's why it's important not to focus too much on just for competitors to focus just on the goal. I mean, I'm just on, on like doing well, because like someone like me who could just come in and and just beat Eric who's been bodybuilding since, you know, probably since I started lifting and then, and he's like probably the most well-known person in natural bodybuilding at the moment. And I beat him. And, you know, what's he going to do? Go and say like, Oh, I didn't train to to come second. Like, (laughs) like it's not going to do you any favors. So, and and I kind of cringe when I see people saying that, you know, I, I I'm, I'm training to win because it's not like you can impose your will on someone. It's not like you're a boxer and you can just like you're, you're Conor McGregor and you just beat the shit out of the other person. And um, you know, if someone's going to be better than you genetics or, or whatever, and like you can only focus on you. And um, it's not like you can, you know, beat them up and then you win. It's like, it just, you, so, um, but yeah, I mean, with, with Steve, um, yeah, I think like Steve likes to stay leaner. I I do follow Steve as well, and he stays leaner. So obviously, you're gonna look more jacked when you're leaner as well. Uh, but for me, I, I take a bit more relaxed approach. If I gain a little bit of body fat, um, I'm not too stressed like about it because I don't like the stress. More, like even with my macros in my off season, like I do track and I track my body weight to make sure that I am slowly gaining weight. Um, but I, I really make mainly just focus on my my protein intake and um, maybe my overall calories, but most of the time I'm not even tracking that. And, you know, if, if let's say that if the nightclubs opened uh, tomorrow, which they won't, but if they did, um, I'd be gone out with my friends and like drinking, you know, more than two alcoholic beverages. And I wouldn't stress about it. I know I wouldn't train the next day or the day after that, but like for me, you know, that's important. If that means that like sacrificing those things or like those things mean that like, you know, I'm going to come, fourth at the next wmbf worlds and not second like so be it or, or even if i don't ever win a pro card like so be it like at the end of the day like you know um life is a process and it's right. worth enjoying not just trying to you know reach a goal and then like you know it's not going to change any single difference if i if i like won wmbf world worlds tomorrow it, it's not going to make a difference so i think even brett freeman who i spoke to he basically said like life is no different after i won wmbf <laughs> Worlds. And, like, hey. I even saw um, the winner overall of the WMBF Worlds, Kendo, I uh, can't remember his second name, but he he uh, he won, like, the heavyweight and the overall twice, actually. I saw him in the airport in New York after, and, like, um, I was sitting there eating a big bag of jellies, jelly babies or whatever. Um, but he, he, like, nobody knew who he was. Not that that's why he competes, but, like, if you're competing to try and you know if, like i think that's going to make you happy or going to lead to something else like get you xyz it's 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 not so uh um at least not a natural bodybuilding so i think yeah if, like if what i'm doing is slightly suboptimal you know so be it and i know it's not optimal i mean like right. most of the time if, if i'm going out and, and like i said it's not that like i drink a lot every weekend i haven't drank much at all and uh, maybe like one or two times in the last year but before like i would and like, maybe it means I would miss two days of training or something. And people would like frown upon that who are like, you know, you know, hardcore bodybuilders, but like, I'm a normal guy. I like to do normal things. I have like a girlfriend who doesn't do bodybuilding. She like lifts weights, but like, she you know, she doesn't care if I ever compete again or if I take up, you know, Man's tomorrow instead. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I think having that approach is also lets me do it for longer because if I was too, Focus and so like no guys i'm not like i'm gonna do bodybuilding show in two years so i can't come out and i got a leg day tomorrow um like sometimes you gotta say say that but like if i'm like that all the time you know it's gonna make me very unhappy person and a very sad uh, individual um so so yeah i think taking the approach that i do allows me to stick it longer to be more consistent longer and ultimately like helps me make uh, better progress long-term if that makes sense
0: no no it's it's again like a spectrum for everyone i think it's and it's yeah even like us as coaches it's not our place to tell people like hey this is how you should do things at least in my opinion it's always like okay well, let's weigh your trade-offs like you drinking more alcohol is potentially sacrificing a small amount of progress here it's not up to me to tell yeah. you the right or wrong but are you okay with that like which of these is more important to you? I think that's one of them like as coaches, I think that's one of the most like just helping people like you said, keep the goal to goal. Or like Dan John said and then you said, keep yeah. the goal, the goal. I think that's one of the most helpful things we can do with clients is just make them clear on like, hey, what trade offs are you choosing here? Does this align with like your highest values and priorities right now?
1: Yeah, I think like I mean, it it all depends on the person what what they want to do as well, but I again it's I try not to be too prescriptive with clients. Tell them you have to do this uh, because it doesn't really work. <laughs> Especially yeah. with Gen Pop, I, I owned a gym like back in 2016, and you know you tell them to do something and pretty much never does. Never, they never do it. So, um but I think with like people who come actively seeking for like an online coach, they're maybe a little bit more bought in. But but yeah, there's a there's trade offs and there's parts where I have to kind of say you know okay we shouldn't do this anymore like if someone's prepping for example and they're drinking you know a lot like if i have younger clients that like will drink maybe like once or twice maybe once a week like i'd say you know maybe it's okay now but like you know we're gonna have to kind of cut this down in the later in the prep because you can't like bring in your best and be drinking alcohol and you know and then not training and stuff like that the next day but i think yeah it just depends on the person like when someone asks me like uh what do you think about training twice a day or uh, something like that, I would ask, you know, well, people who do that, they are like full-time like coaches online or they have a lot of time to, to do that. I, I wouldn't be able to train twice a day. I mean, I physically could, I could cut other things out, but um, I, I, like it would super, like I'd be you know, super stressed out. It's not, I it wouldn't fit into my lifestyle because I'm like very busy and it's, it's not a like that much a priority to me. Like bodybuilding isn't that such a priority that I would sacrifice other areas of my life. So I think people got to realize that as well, that, you know, you can still make good progress and, and not have to be like a full-time bodybuilder that you just, you know, person has unlimited time to train and eat and rest. You know, you've got other stressors in your life, like your job or, you know, relationship finances or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just about finding what's important for that person. Like some of my clients will only train for half an hour in the morning because they, they haven't really got time to, to train and any more than that, it stresses them out. and. Ultimately, you want to be doing something that you enjoy as well. Like, you know, what's the point of training to get more muscle if you don't enjoy doing it? Like, you know, you're not going to be happier if you have ten kilos more muscle in ten years if you've hated the whole process. Like, you know, you know there's no direct correlation between muscle mass and and happiness or fulfillment.
0: No, no, absolutely. Again, man, I, I love where you're coming from. As far as I think, one of the hardest things, or the thing that many coaches struggle with, and I have struggle with in the past is – not projecting like what you want or what you loving on the client. Like, okay, like I'm training six days per week. So you should be training six days per week instead of three days per week. Right. Like helping them find kind of, again, what's most important to them. But, um, from there, what is, what is your training like right now, man?
1: So, well, I've I've just, like I said, I just got back from Brazil. So the gyms, the gyms have been opening and closing here, which is a real pain in the ass because they were closed for six weeks before, uh, December then they're open all December then they're closed in January um and they're still closed but I went to Brazil so I got to go to the gym there so it's been it's, so it's been a bit sporadic but at the moment I'm just trying to do a um an upper or sorry a push pull leg split where yeah. I'll usually probably hit I'll probably train four times a week and maybe five but m- since I've got back it's only been four because it's just been busy um and trying to get you know stuff done in the evenings. And even for me, like I I could, like, I could just go and train. Like I could easily find a time and push something else out, but it would stress me out a lot that I hadn't got like uh, this assignment done or whatever, uh, or something like that, or I haven't got this client work done and it wouldn't be worth the trade off for me. So there's going to be periods like in my life where I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be training optimally for bodybuilding, but like that's okay um, for me because it's not that important at the moment. And like I said, if the trade-offs aren't that huge it's not like i'm going to be losing a hemorrhaging muscle or it's not like i've the opportunity cost i've lost a lot of uh i've lost a lot of potential gains like my gain's going to be slow anyway right. um so so yeah it's mainly just push pull legs at the moment where i'm uh, volume is kind of minimal I'm, I'm probably going to do a block where i'm focusing a little bit more on arms um very soon because that's that's what the feedback I got from the the bodybuilding judges was um but I'm really looking forward to getting back to the gym whenever they do open um and yeah I'm going to be focusing mainly just on my hamstrings and my arms cuz they're they're a weak body part for me so I've been told
0: okay okay so when is the next time then that you're planning on getting super lean
1: um can I probably don't plan to get, on super le- to get super lean again until I step on stage because it doesn't really do much, much uh, favors. Like it may, I might get some better photos, but, uh, it doesn't mean anything. I just get more, fo- better photos and get more likes. It doesn't correlate to anything. Like it doesn't correlate to more clients or anything like that. Um, but I think uh, the plan was to compete in 2022, but also th- at the end of my last prep, uh, because I've, I've competed every three years since I was 21, I compete at 21, 24, 27. I'll be 30 um, in 2022. But um, but I don't know because I haven't got the, I haven't had the like the, a long run of training properly in the gym mm-hmm. where I can like really progress. And if the gyms open up in April and they continue to open up, I probably will compete in 2022. Um I didn't want to compete when I was doing my master's degree either. Cause it can just, it just be super stressful. And, and basically just everything gets hamstringed and you just, you know, everything just gets brought down your quality of work, your, your prep. And um, I noticed that in my last prep, um, I just started my master's between my second and last show. Right. And I just hated, I just didn't enjoy it at all. I was just stressed a lot. Um so hopefully 2022, but my goal is to get a pro card. So if I don't feel like I made a significant progress, um, I don't know if I'm going to compete because I need to win my class at the Irish, uh, the Irish bodybuilding championships to to get an invite to worlds. It's pretty much the only place I can win a pro card as worlds, and it's a very very hard class. Uh, the middleweight, it's a middleweight between like one seventy and uh, one seventy five or one sixty five one seventy five something like that. But it's, it's like a a very stacked class um you're like very good bodybuilders in that class so so yeah i would like to say 2022 but i don't know um that's the earliest definitely i'm not competing this year i've got some clients competing this year hopefully um and i yeah i want to just get them competing there's only one natural bodybuilding show in ireland unfortunately um but yeah it it would be it would be good to do it next year and kind of defend my title so to speak even though it would already be technically i'm still the champion because there was no show last year and <laughs> um, if there's no if there's a show this year obviously there's going to be someone that's new um, right. then next year like i would like to kind of do better or you know or not do better um kind of defend that title and then get the qualification to go to worlds um i would like to do the muscle mayhem where i actually play uh competed against eric problem is there's like so much Length between that show in July to November when the worlds are, and like holding stage condition that long it's really hard and uh and I just kind of deteriorate a little bit towards the end, like a lot started losing muscle um and it's not not fun like holding that level of leanness for like a long time
0: um yeah but uh, that makes complete sense man that sounds absolutely brutal to try to hold on to that for that long um i think that this i didn't really expect this conversation to go in the direction of mindset or like being okay with kind of like your off-season condition quite as much but i think this will be a very helpful conversation for all the listeners to hear just because again i think that's one of probably like in again even like the gen pop bodybuilding space being okay with not constantly being shredded, I think is probably one of the biggest struggles of holds people back. So I've known how people take a ton of value from this. Um, before I let you go, man, I do want to be respectful of your time. Will you tell everyone where they can find you and anything at all you would like to plug?
1: Yeah, just to, to wrap up on that, I would just say like, well, I don't think people really care that much <laughs> how, <laughs> how you look. They're, they're, they're more concerned about themselves um, than they have you know time to worry about you and like i know like for like i've never been a woman so i can't really speak for them but for uh for guys like they think that like you know being shredded is gonna get you lots of like women and stuff and i remember thinking that when i did my first show i was 21 and like number one i started to binge after the show so it immediately lost my abs and then uh my libido was uh, tanked as well so i didn't even wasn't even interested and uh and didn't there was no correlation between that and uh like interest from women um but but then like yeah i realized that like when i i'm enjoying myself the most and feel the best like mentally because that's like the most important thing is like if if you're like physically you feel and look good but mentally you you're not it's you know it's not a good place to be in i'd rather be fat and happy than like shredded and unhappy um but yeah the people don't really care that much and it's just about like you know. There's people being fed a lot of poor information or misconceptions with like Instagram, social media that like you can get like shredded and huge. But in reality, like most people aren't going to be getting jacked and shredded. But if you do want to build muscle, you know, from a physiological point of view, you you have to be making sure that you're optimizing your hormones um, and your kind of relationship with food and your training, and that usually happens around where you're most comfortable at your body fat. And um, I think. I usually recommend people to kind of think back to when they were like 14 or so, because at that age is probably the, the age before anybody has kind of played around with dieting or anything like that. So that's kind of like, for me, it was like, I wasn't skinny, uh, but I wasn't really fat either. So it's a kind of a little bit like chubby and that's kind of the, the ideal body fat for most people is when they're kind of that pre-dieting phase. Cause when you start dieting, you start interrupting that pattern and you can't really give a true reflection. And, uh, and yeah, just what your goal is. If your goal is to stay lean. That's fine, but uh, you gotta be aware of the trade offs that you you're not gonna build much muscle or you're gonna hamstring it severely. And um, so, for some people, that's fine if they wanna if that's what they wanna do and they wanna stay lean. That's their goal. But if you want to be you know as big as you possibly can, actually, you're gonna have to spend some time, um, uh, you know, in a place that's not necessarily gonna be your best look. Um, so. You can find me, I guess, uh, my podcast, uh, Health Mastery Show. Uh, if you just put that on any platform. I don't know why I called it Health Mastery. <laughs> Originally, it was talking a bit more about health, just turned into basically the Natural Bodybuilding Podcast. Um, and then if you want to find me on Instagram, you can get me at Adam Mac, adammc one nine two. And uh And yeah, thanks for having me on
0: absolutely man this has been a pleasure i will link all that up on the show notes i will say as well one more thing to add on quick uh i couldn't agree more with this like people don't really care how you look nearly as much as you think like i remember getting ready for my first photo shoot and I'm, i was ripped I was like, man i i've never been this shredded. and my girlfriend was like i really miss when you were like a lot bigger and it's
1: like, yeah
0: very very the
1: problem of being natural you you just uh you can either be big and fat, or you can be like ripped but skinny. So it never ends. People ask me do you ever get over that phase, and I haven't yet. So <laughs>
0: hopefully someday. Anyways, dude, I appreciate you coming on. This has been great, man.
1: Cheers, man. Thanks a lot.